The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Always glad to have you with us. And I enjoy working in cyberspace with my buddy, our producer. I'm talking about Eric Ryder. And today we're on the cusp of Halloween. So what twist could I put, what spin on the current issue cover story of American Road. This is the current issue. Guiding lights, visiting lighthouses from sea to shining sea. Co-founder of the magazine, Thomas Arthur Rep, writes in this issue. So that's where we're headed in this issue of American Road, to the lighthouses. We take our focus from those beacons of hope and hallmark cards, those bright-eyed sentinels found shoreside, standing up straightly between a rock and a hard place, forever enduring, perpetually assuring, always there. Yes, they are always there. Yes, their beacons do shine reliably. Maybe less reliably, but in a very spooky fashion, it seems that some residents are spectral at these lighthouses. They might prefer things to be a little darker. There are stories to be told, and who better to bring in for that wonderful purpose at Halloween time than a good friend of our show, a good friend of mine, Matt Shea. He is a great researcher of paranormal studies, ghost researcher. Call him what you will. We call him a friend here at American Road Trip Talk. We're talking about haunted lighthouses in America today. This is American Road Trip Talk, and we'll be right back with the interview after this. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk and another visit with Matt Shea. People ask me, uh, Matt Shea seems to be into a lot of things. I mean, uh, what all does he study? A lot. He is a learned man, an endlessly curious man. But I just like to say, if you haunt it, he's on it. And Matt Shea joins us in studio. Matt, how are you doing, buddy? Fantastic. And a happy Halloween to you. The same to you, sir. I did want to just get off on the right foot here because I think we need to pay some some compliments and give some mad props to a wonderful organization that is so dedicated to the history of the U.S. Lighthouse and to their preservation. There are so many of them left to be preserved and appreciated. Start off, Matt, by telling us about the U.S. Lighthouse Historical Society. They are a fun bunch, believe me. I've been in contact with them lately, and they would like all to become a member. 
And if you do so, they have a 48-page journal called the Keeper's Log that's published quarterly. And they also make arrangements where you could not only stay in a keeper's house, but you and yours could actually conduct tours and live there for lengthy stays. It's a win-win situation with the funnest crowd ever. And you could call them at 419-362-7255. Or you could look them up at info at uslhs.org. Wonderful. Thank you, Matt. That's a good shout out. Let's get started on some of these stories. There are so many to be told. Let's see how many we can fit into this brief interview. Now, this show emanates originally from Seattle as a radio broadcast. Then it becomes a podcast, cast to the four winds and floating on the seven seas. Let's start in the glorious PNW. How about we pay a visit, first of all, to Admiralty Head Lighthouse from 1890. This hails Whidbey Island, Washington. What is going on there? This is called the Triangle of Fire because we have three lighthouses here for three different forts of the turn of the century, World War I era. And yes, it was constructed in 1890, and many have reported that they could see the ghost of a woman in the lighthouse at night where the light revolves around. The lighthouse is locked up at night. Many have reported seeing her there. Also, tragically, on the shores in front of the lighthouse years ago, a little boy was lost. He is often reported seeing in spirit, wandering the beach, having fun, or on the grounds next to the lighthouse playing in the grass. And sometimes a woman's voice is heard calling out, but nobody has no idea who's doing it because nobody is there. Now you said there is a triangular formation of these lighthouses and they are designated in a curious way. I'd never heard that that idea before, but I guess if I were a seafaring soul, I probably would be very glad they are there. In this, this triad of lighthouses, which would be the second one with a haunted past and a haunted present for all I know? It is the Point Wilson Lighthouse built in 1914 at Fort Warden, where officer and a gentleman was filmed. Ah. And Point Wilson has the ghostly figure of a woman in white. She roams around the lighthouse area, and she's known to be a little snoopy. Often, they've seen drawers open with something fidgeting with the contents in it, looking around, opening cupboards. But because she doesn't wander too far, it's been ruled out if she's a kleptomaniac. <laughs> okay, and the third entry in these sweepstakes? We have the Morrowstone Point Lighthouse which was built in 1918 to protect Fort Flagger. All three forts have many stories about hauntings, as do the lighthouses. In regards to Morrison Point, it is an automated one kind of by itself on a little island, so I never was able to get on it. But they say, quote, end quote, there are strange ongoings as well. And, of course, it's worth mentioning, Matt, that we love to present places that are accessible by road. So I'm sure, you know, no two lighthouses are exactly alike. What about the ones available in Washington state? And there are others there. What about the accessibility? Are there some where you can take the steps to the top, go into the beacon room there? Are there some where you there just have many. to admire it from afar? There are many. many. Some are on those little rock islands 
because mm-hmm. there is such aid for the navigation of the ocean-going vessels, but others are on land and points, and they make parks out of most of them. I'm curious, too, Matt, to know if the U.S. Lighthouse Historical Society takes a certain view or has an official position on the supposed presence of the spectral residents of lighthouses. Is it is it just fun and games for them, or do, do they document this stuff? Prior to this show, about two hours ago, I was talking to them on the phone. They are actually doing a radio broadcast nationwide about haunted lighthouses they're aware of. But they point out that all lighthouses have such stories, and some they'd like to have a little bit more of history to back it up. And so it's your call on that, but some they do endorse. It's good to know that they are doing it and that they are following in our wake. That is all right. Sticking to the Pacific Northwest for the moment, we're going to be heading out to New England and down the Atlantic coast all the way to Florida, as much as time will allow. When it comes to Florence, Oregon, there's a famous lighthouse there. That would be Hector Head Lighthouse. And that is the most photographed lighthouse in the world. And it was constructed March 30th, 1894. Now, the keeper had a wife and two children, and sadly, one of them drowned in the 1890s. Later, an unmarked grave was found in the area of the lighthouse, and they wonder if that is the lost child or not. The mother is said to haunt the grounds, to tend her garden that she cherished, to be seen in the lighthouse, to be seen in the keeper's house and search for her child. And they say that people have stayed there and they have seen a woman's ghost floating down the hallway going towards the lighthouse. They say that people have made beds in that lighthouse keeper to watch something sit on the bed in front of them but yet they can't see anything. They say voices, screams, objects moving, things that you know where you place them and now you can't find them anymore. They had a box of rat poisoning and one day it was removed and a silk stock from the 1890s was found there. Oh, man. And it gets oh, a little... Okay. Gets That's little, spooky. Yes. And then upstairs... They had a maintenance man repairing something, and when he took a break, he was in the attic, he looked at an old mirror from last century, and he saw the reflection of an old, gray-haired woman, weathered face, glaring at him. This terrified him, and he broke a glass in the process as he got out of there. Not long after that, there was a group below, and they could hear a sweeping sound up in the attic. So when they went to inspect, nobody was there, but the glass had been swept into a neat pile with the broom laying next to it. You know, Matt, I did want to ask you, and here we might be exposing a stereotype. I've grown up thinking of lighthouses as extremely helpful, but also haunted. I've read some of these stories. I've carried them around with me. And yet it seems to me that If we speak stereotypically, a lighthouse keeper is a lonely man who does not like to work under direct supervision. He likes to be trusted. And yet these spirits 
seem to be females again and again. Well, it is common for suicides to take place at lighthouses because of the loneliness and whatever's ongoing is up there because you're way out in the skirts there. You're way out there by yourself. And yes, it does wear away with people. It takes a special breed who could actually live in such isolation. Let's move on to the other coast. Let's go to New England. You provided me with the list, Matt. Very good of you to do that. Lighthouse after lighthouse after lighthouse in the glorious state of Maine. We're talking like Boone Island, Marshall Point, Mantinicus Rock, Owl's Head Lighthouse, Hemiquid Point Lighthouse, one that I have visited, Portland Head Lighthouse. What a magnificent structure that was. Take a walk all around it. I mean, it's a great way to get some exercise, and it's so beautiful there. Seguin Island Lighthouse, Wood Island, Biddeford Lighthouse, Maine, 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 Maine. There's the opportunity there for people to go sailing, see all these beacons, all of this glorious architecture, and maybe a ghost or two. Oh, yes. We have the Boone Island Offshore Lighthouse that was built in 1799, and it was rebuilt in 1855. Now, in the 1800s, Kathleen Bright's husband, Luke, fell while doing repairs on the lighthouse during a storm. He fell into the ocean and drowned. She had the girth to retrieve his body and put it inside the lighthouse. She then spent the next six days doing the job by herself, climbing 168 feet, step for step, excuse me, 160 feet steps, to fuel the lighthouse until finally the fuel was gone and in time the light burned out. So local authorities thought they would go to the lighthouse to see what's going on. It went dark. They found her down below in the lighthouse holding on to her deceased husband mm. in minus 10 degree temperature. Oh my. No electricity, no heat. She died shortly after they found her. Today, she is found milling around the lighthouse as she's, she's the caretaker of it. And that is at which lighthouse again? This is Boone Island Lighthouse, and they say that cats and dogs refuse to set foot on that island. <laughs> wow. Again in Maine. Now, I've been to Portland Head Lighthouse. Gorgeous. There, I don't recall hearing about any ghost stories. What's the scoop there at Portland Head? Portland Head was built January 10th, 1791, Odd Cape Elizabeth. This is Maine's oldest lighthouse, and there are a lot of ghostly names to be mentioned. They have Joshua Strout and Brasilia Diano, who used to be keepers and caretakers, and they have been identified as milling around climbing the ladders to the lighthouse as if it's another day of work for them. Also, in 1864, sadly, the Bohemian ship sank with 40 immigrants on board. Today, there are those that claim they can hear the screams of people crying out for help over the waves, especially at night. In 1786, there was a little train set up, a little rail car on tracks so that they could go from the dock to the lighthouse because they were constructing on it. Well, 
there were two girls that loved to play on that little train. And what happened was they were on it with their friends. It got going too fast. It derailed and bucked all of them into the water. The two daughters had died. And since then, their joyous voices can be here over the waves on the shore screaming with laughter. And the lightkeeper's house sometimes has little girl footprints, muddy ones, here and there the way it used to be when they were alive with their parents. Mm. I would like to discuss one more in Maine, and then we're going to start to head south on the Atlantic coast. How about the Owl's Head Lighthouse? Now, that one comes from 1825, or at least we're in the 19th century now. According to Coastal Living Magazine, the Owl's Head Lighthouse is the most haunted one in America, in their opinion. And again, yes, it was constructed in 1825. There is a man and a woman ghost seen here frequently. They're believed to be former keepers. And the woman is referred to as the little lady. They will hear pots and pans and silverware rattle in the keeper's house. They will hear doors slam. And sometimes they will hear in a room that is empty, someone coughing a human coughing sound. Now, how did that come to be? Well, I don't know, but I imagine a lot of these stories must be reported to people in a position to record them and report them when they go to visit. I mean, this goes back such a long way. There, there would be this trove of, of ghost stories that you could tell because these lighthouses, at least in American terms, are old. These are reoccurring stories over and over again, as frequent as today. I want to get to one. Now we, we've left Maine, lovely New England. Let's head down to New Jersey and the Sandy Hook Lighthouse. Now we're talking about Sandy Hook, New Jersey, and a lighthouse. Well, I must be reading this wrong, Matt. It says it was constructed in 1764. The Sandy Hook Lighthouse in New Jersey is America's oldest lighthouse built in 1764 and here's the catch it has never been rebuilt it is still that 1764 structure operating a tremendous amount of stories here with a little bit of Disneyland thrown in in my opinion in the 1860s a secret cellar was found underneath the lighthouse and a skeleton was found there sitting in front of what was to be a fireplace or a desk Later, decades later, four men and a woman's skeleton were also found in that area there. And then we had Captain Hovey, who was killed by the British during the Revolutionary War. He was hung. They say they see his spirit walking the shores, quote, end quote, looking for justice. But... There's also folklore about Captain Kidd himself. His ship was named the Adventure Galley, and there is talk that he had buried treasure there. And here's where it gets kind of Disneyland. There are those who claim they see his phantom ship approach at night with the crew now reduced to skeletons, waving their swords up high under the moon, cheering because they're determined to find their buried treasure. Under the moon, you say, waving the swords. It's got to be. I love this kind of. 
It's got to be done just right. <laughs> oh, my goodness, the lore. Incredible. I live in Florida. I live in Sarasota. When I like to go to St. Augustine, it's because it has this rich history. Uh, it's been called the oldest municipality still functioning in America. St. Augustine, Florida is about four hours away from where I live and always worth the trip and always by road. The St. Augustine Lighthouse, that was constructed in 1874. I have climbed to the top. And first of all, be ready to huff and puff. The average person makes in about 15 minutes, they told me. So I made it in 13. I don't know how, but oh man, what a trek that is on these small steps. Then you get to the top of it and you're really feeling the weight of history around you and marvelous vistas. And yet the St. Augustine Lighthouse has a haunted past, which means as these specters show up, it also has a haunted present. Yes, it does. And we're talking about Anastasia Island, where it is located in St. Augustine. Among other things, at the very top of the stairs leading to the lighthouse, many could hear the voice of a little girl laughing on the stairwell. Also, the outer deck of the lighthouse, there is a woman that lingers there, and sometimes she's pushing her luck, leaning far over the hand railing there. They also have a ghost which is referred to as the man, and he's believed to be one of two former keepers. The first one is the ghost of William Russell from the 1850s, and he is seen wearing a blue jacket and a captain's hat, a mariner's hat. It's tall and thin, and he's making his rounds. But also a suspect is Joseph Andrew, who in 1859 fell to his death when painting the structure on a scaffold. A cigar smell is always an indicator that you are ready to see the man. It always accompanies it, and when the vision fades, there goes the smell of cigar. Now, in 1872, a few girls had fallen in the water and drowned, unfortunately. Sadly, they're gone, but again, the playful laughter of children are heard there over the waves and on the beach. And then there's the ghost of Maria Mastri de los Dolores, who is called the woman on the catwalk. She was actually the wife of former keeper Joseph Andrew, who fell when he was painting. She was also, in 1859, the very first woman to serve in the United States Coast Guard. She is seen apparently making the rounds and staying on top of things, but usually seen on the steps going up to the lighthouse. I find it fascinating. And thank you for all of this information, Matt. We could do another half hour easy. So thank you for that. I did want to say that when I think about lighthouses, they are lighthouses. People dedicated their lives in a way far more often than not, I'm sure, to a dedicated practice of a life-saving career. There must have been such an attachment, not unlike a regular tract home that might be a haunted house or an old spooky looking mansion. There would be, I would think, an emotional attachment to a lighthouse so that you feel ownership, even in death, with that consciousness of what you had to leave behind, whatever the circumstances. Gary, it's much like a mother's unconditional love. And sadly, it's much like a traffic light in a city. 
So often the traffic light was put there too late because it represents a lost child. Mm. These lighthouses are to commemorate the poor souls that never made it to port and to save as many lives as they can. It's a labor of love, and many seem to stay there long after they're buried. I believe that the U.S. Lighthouse Historical Society has you for a friend and American Road Magazine and Trip Talk as well. I wish all of them so much success in their work because they're preserving an essential American heritage. When you hear these stories, it really is brought home to all of us. Oh, yes. Many, many families made it to America because that last hoop to jump through, they were guided in by those lighthouses. And I want to remind our listeners that American Road Magazine, the current issue, is heralded by guiding lights, visiting lighthouses from sea to shining sea, beautiful architecture, everyone is unique. You also can read about the Titanic Memorial Lighthouse, the Boston Light, the Stonington Lighthouse Museum, These are incredible places, and I'll bet every one of them is accessible by road. That's what we like to know. We can get out there and see these places according to our own timetable and making that trip an unforgettable one. Matt Shea, thank you so much, my friend. It's always a pleasure to do some radio and podcast business with you, and we look forward to your next visit, whatever the topic may be. You tell me, and the answer is a gigantic yes. You get a blank check for me every time. I absolutely love that, and we'll hold you to it. Thank you, Matt Shea. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk. Along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine, we remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to check out the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.